Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Property Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. everybody it is wednesday july 26th 2023 and it is indeed a heck of a morning we are live on the mma fighting i'm still calling it twitter i don't care what the hell elon musk has to say we're live on the mma fighting twitter spaces you can hear the show in its entirety shortly thereafter on the mma fighting podcasting network hello everybody welcome to a a rare wednesday show as we didn't have one yesterday, we're going to go three days in a row. We'll go today, we'll go tomorrow, we'll go Friday to lead you in to UFC 291, which goes down Saturday. What a freaking main card that is. Of course, the main events, the big rematch between Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje for the now vacant BMF title. We got Alex Pereira, Jan Bohovic. We got Steven Thompson, Michelle Pereira. We got Kevin Holland, Michael Chiesa. We got a whole bunch of good stuff. Derek Lewis is back. Taking on Marco Sergeri de Lima at altitude. Tony Ferguson fighting Bobby Green. And some interesting matchups. So it's a nice, tight 12 fights, just the way we like it. There's a lot going on this weekend. We got Spence Crawford. What a fight that's going to be. And we have Bellator versus Ryzen 2, which took a bit of a hit yesterday, if we're being honest. The timing of that card was really rotten anyways with everything else going on. And the big selling point for it, AJ McKee fighting in the lightweight Grand Prix, no longer happening. AJ McKee injured. He is out of the fight with Patricky Pitbull. And now Satoshi, Roberto D'Souza is in. It's going to be a 161-pound catchweight bout. Still going to be the main event. We still have the flyweight title fight. We found out Patricio Pitbull is going to fight on the card as well against Chihiro Suzuki. Big hit. That one took a took a big hit not having AJ McKee on the card, but still should be fun. Nonetheless, I like when Bellator and Ryzen come together and do these co-promotion events. Just the timing of it stinks. Doing it on the same day as UFC 291 and Spence Crawford and everything else going on in the world, but tough loss, but I still think the card will be a fun watch. So we're doing a Wednesday show. Yesterday, I had a rare Tuesday off, and because my schedule is about to be absolutely bananas over the next few weeks, obviously going to New York for the watch party, come home Sunday after, Sunday evening, then I'm home Monday, and then I'm off to Dallas Tuesday for Nate Diaz versus Jake Paul. 
come home for a week and then I'm off to Boston for 292 fight week. I'll be there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, head out Saturday morning to New York for another watch party. So wanted to spend the day with my son, played a little golf with him, did some cannonballs in the pool. It was a fun day and wanted to make sure I got to spend some time with him before things get truly chaotic. So let's go to you guys and gals. Let's see what's on your mind on this Wednesday. And Barbarossa, go ahead and kick us off. Jan made a statement yesterday, I think, and he said if he wins, he would like to uh, make a fight with Yiri in Europe. Uh, do you think it's possible that the UFC does that? It would be great if it's uh, in Poland. I don't know if there was any uh, in Poland already. Uh, do you think it's possible? Thank you, Mark. Um, probably not. Because you would think with kind of how things currently look right now, that crowning a new light heavyweight champion before the end of the year is going to be a strong possibility. And Dana's already said that the winner of this fight's going to fight for the title. So I would doubt it unless they're planning something. And I mean, they did Brazil in January. They did Australia in February. Could they try to put something together for the early part of 2024? Perhaps. I don't feel truly confident in that especially if McGregor doesn't fight this year. I would assume they're going to try to make that fight for December. So I do think the winner will fight Yuri, but to say it's going to happen in Poland, probably not. If the timing was a little better, maybe. Like if Jan were to fight, like if Jamal Hill was still the champion, if Jan were to fight Jamal Hill and win the title and Yuri wasn't ready to come back to like the middle of next year, yeah, I could do it, but I don't think the timing's going to work out. Unfortunately. Let's go to Cole. What's up, Cole? Cole, are you there? Okay. I'm not hearing you, Cole. Uh, Four Quarter Sports, hello. Hey, Mike. So... I'm very interested. I mean, I, we kind of have an idea what the main event is going to look like, but I'm interested to see how the Cole main event is going to look like. Um, last time we saw Jan Bohovic, I mean, it wasn't a fight that we all want to rewatch again against him against uh, Magomed and, and Goliath. But I got to say that uh, I have a feeling that Jan Bohovic might try to replicate the same game plan that he did against uh, Israel Adesanya. If that's the case, I mean... I wonder how much of an improvement of Alex Pereira ended up get receiving while working with um, Glover Teixeira just because last time we had seen him um, get wrestled, I think it was the MSG card, and Israel Adesanya is no wrestler by any means necessary, and he just had him on risk control, and it just looked like um, Alex Pereira had a lot of difficulties just trying to get around the, the wrestling that Adesanya ended up um, displaying at, at the MSG card. So, I mean, Jan, we saw what he did to Israel Adesanya. We saw what he normally could do. And I'm just curious to see, you know, how that fight is going to go about. Um, also kind of interested, and nobody's really talking about it, is uh, the Derek Lewis fight against, um, what's it called, uh, Rogerio Lima. What's next for him? I mean, I, I don't expect you to give a like your your pick for Otno, but what's next for him if he just doesn't get it done? Just because we've seen him in a bad stretch, you know, gets knocked out by Sergey, um, loses to Gon, what's it called? Gets out wrestled and smothered by um, what's it called by uh, Sergey Spivak. If he doesn't get it done against uh, the Lima, then um, what do you think is is next for him? And, like, what do you think the USC is going to end up doing? Because I don't think that Dana would, would cut him because he seems like he really likes Derek Lewis, but that's just something that just crossed my mind. All right. Thanks, Mike. 
Yeah, Derek's in kind of a tough spot right now because even if he wins, it doesn't do a ton for him with how this division looks right now. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think he's going to get cut unless Derek just says, like, I'm done. I wouldn't rule it out. doesn't seem like he's hurting for money right now. I'm sure he will make money outside of the fight game. There's lots of stuff he could do. Like if Derek Lewis had a YouTube channel talking about MMA, it would be incredible. So I'm not really sure. If he loses and wants to keep fighting, he's just going to keep fighting the Marcus Ruggiero de Limas of the world, guys who are trying to get into the top 15. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I guess we're going to have to see how it plays out on Saturday before we get to talk about that. Co-main event on Saturday. I'm torn because this could be a really terrible matchup for Alex Pereira. I don't know if we're going to have like the exact same game plan as Izzy. I think Blahovich, his best path to victory is just to get a take, get takedowns right away and just keep getting them and getting top position and just laying on top of Alex Pereira. So, the way I see it is if Jan Blahovich wins, this is going to be a tough fight to watch. And if Alex Pereira wins, it's going to be by spectacular knockout. So we shall see. We shall see. I know Jan says he's, gonna, he's not afraid to stand there with him, but uh, if he wants to fight for the title, I think he's going to have to try to be a little more fun. Like he has, he gets this opportunity. Anka Live didn't get this opportunity. Blahovich is getting it. So I still think He's somewhat in the UFC's good graces. So if he lays and prays for 15 minutes, I don't know if Dana's going to go and be like, yeah, he's the dude. Or if he's going to go, I don't make fights the night of the fight. So I think he's going to have to, I think if he wants to like guarantee that shot, he's going to have to try to be a little bit more fun in, in this game plan. But yeah, if is going to win, I don't think it's going to be all that compelling to be honest with you. All right, Cole, do we have you? Mike, can you hear me yep. this time? I got you. All right. Just a quick one. I miss the days back when we had lines like minus 150 for the over in the Blagoy Ivanov versus Alexander Romanov fight. But, uh, like, what – I've asked, like, what's your equivalent of that kind of lock for this card? If anything's jumping out to you in, like, over-under-wise, money line-wise. Yeah, that's my – that's just my question. I like Gaethje. It's not a bad pick as a dog. Um, I mean, Lewis Ruggiero de Lima is one and a half. Overs plus money. It is at altitude. Both don't aren't here for a long time, but that fight gets out of the first round. It's definitely getting over. So wouldn't hate putting a, a small stab on that one. See what else. I don't mean this is disrespect, but we don't see a ton of finishes in women's fights, so I kind of feel like Miranda Maverick, Priscilla Cachuera over two and a half is a pretty safe bet. Minus 120. The under is minus 110, so you're not losing a ton of value there. And Miranda just needs to get a win, so I don't think she's going to go out there and do anything crazy. I think she's going to go out and try to secure a victory, so takedowns and top control and things of that nature. Yeah, let me take a gander. Corey Gaethje's... I kind of think that's going to go a little longer. Corey Gaethje over two and a half is minus 120. Oh, literally just moved to minus 130. Like, literally just as I said that. And what's Pereira Blahovich? Over two and a half plus 150. If you feel like Jan Blahovich is going to win that fight, I wouldn't hate taking a, a little stabaroo at the over two and a half in that fight. But if you feel like Alex Pereira is just going to kill him, then I wouldn't touch it with a 10 foot pole. So. Probably Miranda Maverick, Priscilla Cachuera is the one that sticks out to me the most. CV, hello. Yo, my heck of a morning. Uh, excuse my voice. My, my nose is kind of congested. But um, anyways, um, I feel like everybody's talking about the co-main event. Um, I think it's like the people's main event. Um, hopefully the winner fights for the bacon-like heavyweight belt. Uh, listen to my idea here for December. 
uh, for the last pay-per-view main event. Why not run it back? The winner of the Pereira and Blahovich versus Magomed Ankalaev. Why not? Actually, no, I'm just joking. Uh, I hope it's actually Yuri who fights the winner of the co-main event. Um, but yeah, just looking to get your thoughts on that. And like, if it's not the vacant like light heavyweight belt, what could be like the last pay-per-view main event of the year? And also, um, one more thing. Um, Tony Ferguson. Um, yeah, where does he go from here, win or lose, against Bobby Green? Thanks. That's uh, another interesting question. Kind of looking at the uh, the over-under lines, under two and a half plus 110 in the Tony Ferguson-Bobby Green fight. I don't hate that either. I don't hate that either. Yeah, dude, Yuri's getting the winner of this fight, more than likely. So it's not going to be Ankalaya. They're going to have Ankalaya fight Johnny Walker. Would be my guess, just to kind of get one of those guys out of there. I don't think either are on great terms with their fighting styles as they would like to be right now, if we're being honest. So, yeah, I kind of think they're going to go that route, and maybe the winner will be the on deck hitter, if you will. But yeah, I think, I mean, it's going to be Yuri versus the winner. And I think if, I think the UFC is hoping Alex Pereira wins this fight. They'll never come out and flat out say it, but I kind of hope, I kind of feel like that's what they're hoping for. Just think of the build for that fight. It's going to be absolutely insane. Just the whole Yuri tapping Glover and the way Alex Pereira just looked at Yuri with that death stare. You could just build a whole promo on that. And it's going to be awesome. Let's go to, and if Tony loses, I don't know where the hell he goes. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Billy, hello. I think he's got to look deep inside if he does lose this fight. Billy, are you there? You're muted. You just got to unmute yourself. Okay, nothing there. Let's go to King Cat. Mike, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm pretty good. So I have a, a, a hypothetical kind of question here. So we've got Wonder Boy on this car fighting uh, Michelle Pereira. And what if Wonder Boy finishes uh, Michelle and calls for the title shot next? Do you think that he would get it now that Leon is the champion and people have kind of one of been seeing that white uh, that fight for a little bit? 
or do you think he would have to get one or two more? Do you think he's completely out of the title picture or is there a slight chance with Leon being the champion? I know if uh, Colby wins is probably out of the question, but what do you think if he, you know, finishes him in, uh, you know, emphatic fashion on Saturday? Do you think in, in Wonder Boys like Leon, you know, we were supposed to fight or whatever and never happened. You didn't sign the contract. Let's go. Do you think that he would get a title shot? Thanks, Mike. I wouldn't – I'm not going to – well, so I don't think Wonder Boy's out of the title discussion. I really don't. I think he's – he's hanging on by a thread, but – and he probably should be out of the title picture, but I don't, he's not. He has to win on Saturday. He has to. If he wins, he's in a great position where he might be a win away. He might be a win away. And by the way, if Colby does beat Leon and wins the title, if Connor's not available to fight him, I would not be stunned at all to see Colby take a stab at Wonderboy. Colby is a, you can say what you want about the man, but Colby is a prize fighter and Wonderboy is still very, very popular. Very popular and is a very winnable fight for Colby. And. Sure, you could do the Usman fight again if Usman can get a win. I don't know how Bilal Muhammad factors into this equation, but I don't think Wonder Boy is going to be jumping Bilal because that would be pretty damn unfair, especially since Bilal put the boots to Wonder Boy and just annihilated him, just ran him over, and Wonder Boy did nothing. Just just got just got frustrated and put on his back the entire fight. So. I don't think he's out of the title picture for sure. If he loses, if he loses on Saturday, I'm willing to lock the door at this point, but I don't look that we, we live in a anti meritocratic storyline driven world. And we've seen Dan Henderson get title shots, like one last crack at it. We've seen other guys get one last crack at it. And I think the UFC would, would be open to pushing for Wonder Boy getting one last crack at it. So it's great storytelling. Win or lose. Let's see if he can get there at 40 years old or maybe 41 by the time he gets there. But he probably is going to have to get another win before he does that. And if the UFC is pulling for this, they're going to have to be very meticulous in the matchmaking. I don't think they're going to match him up with Shafkat. Usman would be interesting because they haven't fought each other, but I don't love that matchup for Wonderboy either. So it's going to be tough, man. He's going to have to win one more, and it's not going to be a favorable matchup. But we'll see. That's an interesting fight. Mikey, hello. Listen, uh, Wonderboy's been in the UFC for about 10 years. I mean, tenure matters, you know, tenure and merit matters. The guy has basically fought everyone in the division. Of course, he's never out of title contention. You know, he's arguably probably should have beaten Tyron Woodley in Madison Square Garden six years ago. Jesus Christ, six years ago, six, seven years ago. But anyways, point being, uh, his path to the title is simple. If he beats Michelle Pajera, um, the UFC should sign venom michael venom page and have them fight each other at master square garden and guess what that's if not the number one contendership that's a real like might be next up you know what i mean that that positions the winner in a really good spot i think Bilal should get his crack at leon edwards and colby i think that's what should be i think the ufc's kind of stretch a couple things out depending on who's healthy and uh, as for tony ferguson I, I think he retires if he loses especially if he loses bad um, and I've got Dustin Poirier again. I, the funny thing is I think what people need to be careful about is assuming that the fight is going to play out exactly the same as their previous one from 2018. And if it does, it'll be for, for different dynamics. I think, uh, Justin's vastly improved and become a little more his fight. Like he's gotten a little better, obviously, but I still think Dustin's a better fighter, but we'll see. I'm really pumped for it. Wouldn't be surprised if it goes the distance to be honest with you. So, and um, as for the light heavyweight title picture, I mean, yeah, I mean, we want, I want Yuri and Pajera to fight regardless whether the title's on the line, but obviously if Pajera wins, he's, I mean, Dana White said on his preview that if you don't know, now you know that the winner's getting a title shot essentially, so that's going to be fine. 
Um, as for Ankalaev, Ankalaev should be at the very minimum the backup to that title fight. If not, I mean, can we get an APB on freaking Rockich? Is he still hurt? I don't know what's going on with that guy. So, I mean, because he's was right there right before he got hurt. So, hopefully, he'll be back soon. Anyways, happy fight week, guys. Talk to you later. Be kind, one another. I kind of would like to see Ferguson retire if he wins, too. We don't get a lot of happy endings in the sport. And Tony going out there and beating Bobby Green, no matter how he does it, be a cool moment. Just go out on top. Go out with the win. I'm not his manager. I'm not the guy who gives him advice, but kind of feel like this could be the last one. For Yeah, kind of feel like this would be the last one. To go with the Dana, if you don't know, now you know thing, that doesn't mean anything. Dana has said many times, oh, the winner of this is getting the next shot. And then what happens? It doesn't happen, depending on how the fight plays out. So I think if Pereira wins, he's definitely getting it. If Vlahovic wins, yikes. It just depends how he does it. If he goes out and wins a boring decision, do I, I just don't know if I have that same level of confidence. But he may, they just may not have a choice. Because I just don't think they're going to give Ankaliyev a shot until he wins another fight and is fun. I like again. I don't think that fight is the Blahovich Ankaliyev fight is as bad as Dana made it out to be. But that's just me. Thompson MVP? Eh, I don't know. I mean, it'd be fun. Like if if Wonderboy loses to Pereira, then you do that fight. I think. And I just don't know if MVP is going to sign with the UFC. Like I, I think he was very smart going to the London card, and they put him on TV. You heard crickets, but that's not his fault. This wasn't the the typical London crowd. This was the the people who got free tickets or aren't huge fight fans that were there. You I mean, you could hear the crowd. It was like the Kansas City crowd was more electric than this London crowd. It just was. So we'll see what happens, MVP. Poirier Gaethje is going to be real good. We did a, uh, a little primer, a little roundtable, and one of the questions, and I was a part of it, I haven't done one of those in a while, was this, is, is that fight a lock for fight of the year? And I say no. Lock is such a strong word. It seems like the top three are set in stone right now, at least to me. It's Volkanovsky Makachev, or Makachev Volkanovsky, Moreno Pantoja and Shafkat Jeff Neal. Those are the top three fights for me right now. Do I think that Poirier Gaethje 2 could get into that top three? Certainly. Do I think it's going to be better than Volk Makachev? No, I don't. I don't think it's going to be. I think it's going to be really, really good. And it's going to be really good for different reasons than the first one, as Mikey laid out. But there is, there is more at stake than a fake title. There is an actual title shot on the line here. The winner of this fight is going to fight the winner of the main event in October. That's what's going to happen. And for either Dustin Poirier or Justin Gaethje, with where they're at in their careers, this will be the last time they fight for the belt, barring something insane. They've both gotten their shots. Both have not been able to do it. Both are getting up there. Both have been through wars. Both don't need to fight at this point. So I feel like we're winding down in some ways for both guys. And I feel like the way they, they compete on Saturday is going to be incredible theater. But I don't know if, I don't know if we're going to get the car crash, pure chaos start to finish. I think we're going to get chaos. I think we're going to get a, a bit of veteran savvy. Some wiseness, if you will, between both these guys. It's still going to be compelling as hell. But I just don't know if we're going to, we're, I just don't think we're going to get the same type of fight. I think this is going to be more of two guys who are super fun, who are different guys than they were five years ago, who are going to be a little more cautious considering what's at stake for the winner of this fight. But I do think it's going to be one of the top five fights at the end of the year. 
it's just to say it's a lock is just so hard with some of the fights we've seen this year. So I think it is going to be really, really good. It's going to be on the lists, I'm sure. Gaethje Fazeev was great. Is it going to be better than that? It's going to be tough. But it's going to be compelling shit, for sure. No matter how it goes down. Toe Kolo. Good. <laughs> I am probably the only one that still wants to talk about UFC London. Uh, it seems like it anyway. It seems like it went over like a, your uncle's racist joke at a dinner party. Um, but... Uh, I mean, I have a few things. Firstly, I want to say Paul Craig did the best call out that I've heard in years. Like I'm talking, I'm talking all the way back to, I know he didn't do it in the cage. He did it backstage, whatever. I do not care. I'm talking him calling out Bo Nickel is a stroke of genius because he can, he can steal the clout of Bo Nickel and I actually see a very short way to the title shot if he beats Bo Nickel, because suddenly he has the hype of Bo Nickel behind him. And if he just makes the right call out then, which could be, you know, Hamza Chimaev, suddenly he's one fight away. And I mean, that is impressive for a guy that was the bottom of the top 15 in light heavyweight, but he looked amazing this weekend, uh, and I got to commend him for that. Secondly, uh, I want you to touch upon Molly's move to strawweight, because for me, I don't think the weight is the biggest problem. I think the biggest problem is her fight IQ and always has been. Her wins have come against the bottom, bottom of the flyweight division, and uh, she, both of them were on spinning elbows, like she is, I'm not saying she's, she's gotten here by luck, but I'm saying that the fight IQ has always been in question. And it was just very obvious when she fought Stolyarenko, who basically only wins by armbar. What does uh, Molly lose by armbar? Like it, it, there's one thing you should defend against. Um, and lastly, Tom Aspinall, great stuff. I, he looked even better then I remembered him and I remember him very fondly. So I actually see one that has the skill set to challenge John Jones. We say that every time I know John Jones's uh, deleted tweets were all correct, but I actually see something different here. I see a different speed than I've seen. Uh, I've seen, I mean the power where he doesn't even try to knock people out, but actually just knock them down anyway. I mean, Tom Aspinall might be the key, but he still needs that one more win to get there. So just your thoughts on those uh, on the top three fights there on UFC London, which was a snoozer other than that. But uh, your thoughts on that before uh, we head to uh, this week's fight card. So like, like, we, like I said in the preview show, heading into UFC London, I honestly feel that the only guy that can get John Jones not to stay, but to come back. Cause I do feel like if whatever happens in November, John is going to take a sabbatical. He is going to walk away and see if somebody comes that gives him some sort of interest. And I do feel like Tom Aspinall more than Sergey Pavlovich, more than Jelton Almeida could be the guy. I think he's got potential star power, not just in the UK, but outside of it. He's a star in the UK already. I think the personality, everything. I think Tom could be the guy to keep John around a little longer, or at least he gets a couple more wins, maybe wins a vacant title, whatnot. I think John would be like, oh, that's, this is interesting. I could make money here. So in that performance – Certainly didn't hurt at all. So Tom Aspinall is real good. I got to see him beat somebody besides Marcin Tybor until I am like all the way in. I liked the the Cyril Gon Sergey Spivak callout. I think it makes sense. A lot of people want to see him fight Sergey Pavlovich next. If they want to do that, cool. But I think at this point, you give Tommy what he wants and go from there. But I do feel like he's 
got a real good chance of fighting John Jones at some point. I think John will will see value in that fight. Molly moving to 115. I mean, why not? Why not at this point? She's she is nowhere near a title shot at 125, and she's not going to get anywhere near it. I love I like a lot of people don't agree with that. I know Helwani hates this, but I loved the Aaron Blanchfield fight. I thought that was perfect matchmaking because we needed to see what we had with Molly. Is Molly going to fight for a belt? You got to give her the shot. You got to give her the chance to see if she, what she is. And we found out what she was, and we found out what Aaron Blanchfield was in that fight. So, why not? Let's go to 115. If she could do it healthy, she's probably going to heal up. I don't know what the exact injury to her, the arm was. But she'll be a decent size, and we'll see how they match make for her. Maybe she goes out. Maybe it's a, it's a breath of fresh air. Maybe it's what happened with Paul Craig. Maybe it's, it's you know, some fighters go up, some go down. And we, you talked about Paul Craig. I'm with you. Love the Bo Nickel callout. Would I have liked to have seen it done in the cage? Yes. Did it hurt because the card wasn't spectacular? No, it didn't. And it got people talking. And as I said, on to the next one. And as I said on Twitter, after the post-fight show, that is the perfect callout. And it is the perfect fight. It is just not the perfect fight right now it's not the perfect fight right now i don't want bo to take that fight right the second he doesn't seem in any rush the ufc does not see any rush in him does not seem interested in rushing him up the top there's no need there's no need to rush him. Pereira, different story we rushed him to adesanya that was the whole entire thing let's get him to izzy we don't need to do that with bo we don't he's fine let Bo fight, get a step up. Let's give him a, a Puna Soriano. And then from there, let's give him a Gerald Mearshart or Robocop, someone just outside the top 20. Then we'll give him a top 15 guy. And then we give him Paul Craig. Or maybe we go to Paul Craig after, after two wins. Bo's got to fight again. He's got to fight somebody that's not one of the 10 lowest ranked middleweights or a guy coming in on super short notice that probably isn't UFC ready. So let's give him a step up first. Let's get him a vet, someone who's going to be the hammer, or at least try to be. If Bo just runs them over, let's give him another step up. And if Paul's still there, and even if he's coming off of a loss, who gives a shit? Still do that fight. So I love the call out. The seeds are planted. I don't think it happens right now, but maybe like a high school love affair. You come back couple you come back down the line and you realize you were meant to be after you explored what else is out there. Let's go to Brian. What's up, Brian? Hey Mike, how you doing? Good, how are you? Good, thanks. I just wanted to touch on a couple things. One uh, in your opinion, what do you think are the real stakes uh, when it comes to Holland Kiesa? I love the fight personally. I'm just curious, like, if it's a fight night main event or maybe um, another like big featured pay per view bout. Uh, I'm just curious on that. And then also wanted your opinion on a fight that I've thought about for a while. I kind of have to do a little Antonio uh, thing here, but uh, what do you think about UFC 300 if Tony wins? Tony Jim Miller kind of like both send them out on a high. I feel like that's like the best fight could open up the pay-per-view maybe even the prelims like main event but just wanted your opinion on those two things can't wait for salt lake city's uh pay-per-view this week thanks mike i don't hate that i don't hate that i don't hate that if it is a double retirement fight like if it is a guaranteed double retirement fight i don't hate it i don't hate it Tony goes out, gets a win, and says, hey, Jim Miller, UFC 300, you need a guy, I'm the dude. Cool. But if that's the last fight of Tony Ferguson's career and he beats Bobby Green, cool. I'm in. But outside of that, I, I don't know. I don't know. 
I don't hate it, though. If there's one more fight for Tony and he does well on Saturday, that's the one. So I'm with you there. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. JSAT, hello. Hello, Mike. Heck of a morning to you. Me too. Um, so I got a question. If you wanted to make a little money, uh, you could sprinkle on Tony Ferguson, who is a plus 300 right now, and also Derek Lewis is a plus 180. And uh, so, yeah, that's all I got if you you know wanted to just sprinkle a little bit. Yeah, I, th- I feel like Derek Lewis is more alive than Tony Ferguson. I mean, Tony looked okay in the in the Chandler fight early. He did not look great in the Nate Diaz fight. And Bobby Green still looks... I mean, he didn't look spectacular in the Jared Gordon fight until the, the ending. I just, I don't know. I mean, if you if if you're somebody who's like, I have to bet on this fight, I feel like plus three ten is a little valuable. Like, I'm not betting Bobby Green minus four ten. That's craziness. But if you're just like, I have to bet on this fight, then I I feel like you have to bet Ferguson here. But boy, I just don't have a lot of confidence. It is at altitude, though. How will Bobby deal with that? Can Tony hang on? I don't know. I just hope... I just don't want to be sad when that fight's over. I want to have a great watch party. I want to be positive and upbeat and smile and laugh and have a good time. I don't want that fight to like hurt my soul. But Derek Lewis plus 185 is not a horrible look. Is Marcus Ruggieri DeLima going to stand there and just swing with Derek Lewis? Or is he just going to take him down and smush him and tap him? I don't know. I feel like Lewis is the more live dog, but I would understand why people would take a stab at Tony Ferguson. But boy, I just, I would stay the hell away from that fight. Jordan, hello. Hey, Mike, what's going on? Long time listener, first time caller. Love the show. Uh, I'm making it short and sweet. Uh, 291 is one of my favorite cards of the year. Poirier is my favorite fighter. Uh, Justin Gaethje versus Dustin Poirier won. Easily my favorite fight ever. I've probably gone back and watched it 20-plus times over the years. So question one, who do you favor in that fight? It's really tough to call. Uh, obviously, Gaethje has improved quite a bit since their first fight. And then two, just looking at the whole card, I think there's a chance we have a lot of finishes. If we set the over-under at two and a half, would you go over-under for the amount of finishes on the main card? Thank you, Mike. Um, I'm leaning Poirier in the main events, but I mean, th- that fight could go either way, honestly. I liked what I saw from Justin Gaethje in the Fazee fight. I know there are some people who scored it for Fazee, but I liked what I saw. Um... Over-under finishes in the main card. Two and a half. I'm going to go under. 
Under two and a half. I think the main event's going to go all five. I think Kiesa Holland's going to go all three. I think Thompson Pereira is going to go all three. I think Ferguson Green probably won't go to the cards. And I'll say Pereira Bohovich doesn't go to the cards. I think Pereira's going to. I think Pereira went. I don't know. My gut's telling me Pereira's going to knock him out, but. I could be wrong. We could have no finishes on this card. It's possible. But I still feel like even if we go to four four decisions or five decisions, I still feel like these are going to be fun fights. Kiesa Holland's interesting. Like, they still believe in Kevin Holland. They still want to give him a shot. We haven't seen Kiesa fight in a while. I'm interested to see how he looks. Can Kiesa get takedowns? It's going to be an interesting fight. Kevin Holland's a favorite in that one. It's going to be an interesting one. They're all interesting. Like, this whole main card is really interesting. I have questions about, like, every single fight. And that's always good. That's always good. Let's go to Viking. This might be the last one. My dog's at the groomer, and I just got the call that he's ready to be picked up. So, uh, but we'll see. Maybe we'll go a couple more rounds. Viking, hello. Uh, I just want to ask you one question about your about your journalism or about your role in the MMA fighting on the, uh, on the podcast or YouTube network. So, uh, the post-fight show of the UFC London, I think... There was a lot of questions about uh, John Jones and is he ducking up or not. And shout out to Casey Lydon who just fought with uh, New York Rick at his best to defame John Jones. But thank God there was New York Rick and not Jeremy Shoe. So how do you stay neutral as you always be? in front of your friends who are who seems uh, so biased around and haters with some fighters and so how do you stay neutral because i have i have nothing to say about your i can't point a finger on your journalism or or a host because uh, and the another guy, AK, he's a pure human, but what about you? How do you stay neutral while doing your work? And and one more question about the Charles Oliveira and Islam fight. So what are the chances if Charles Oliveira pull down, I mean, pull out this fight? Because I don't think he's going to win in Abu Dhabi because... He just can't beat Islam in Abu Dhabi. So, do you think that Charles, if if Charles Oliveira pull out, so where he should fight, he could fight Islam Makachev. Thanks a lot. I don't think he's gonna pull out. Um, I think he's gonna fight. I think he's gonna give it his best shot. I hate. I, I just don't think this is a great matchup for him. Uh, I didn't think it was a good matchup the first time. I ended up picking, I picked Oliveira, but mostly because I was like, I just can't not pick against it. Like, I keep picking against him and I'm wrong. But I think Oliveira understands that if he wants to get a title fight and if he wants to exact revenge on Islam Makachev, this is his chance. This is his one and only chance. If he pulls out of this fight, there, it's going to be a while before he gets another shot at Islam. And plus, we have this main event on Saturday. The winner of that fight's getting the next shot. And Oliver can't sit out. He's going to have to fight like Armin Sarukian if, um, if he doesn't fight. Like the, he's going to have to fight those dudes. And the, I just don't think there's any value in that. So I think he fights. Win or lose, I think he has a better showing, but I just think it's a nightmare matchup for him. As far as the staying neutral stuff, my job is to host. My, do- my job in those shows is to drive the train. Do I give a take or two? Sure. But it's my job to set up the people who are on the show with me 
to give their sides of things. That's that's how it works. That's how I like to handle. It. Now, if I think somebody says something ridiculous, I will certainly clap back. But when you make a compel, like if you can make a case for something, I'm I'm not gonna argue with you. You know, that's your opinion, and that's just how it is. That's just how it is. It's you can't be all th- like you can't be everything. You can't be the host and then just be like the lead analyst too. Like it doesn't work that way. Can you give an opinion? Sure, but it is my job to let. New York Rick give his opinion or on BTL let Jed and whoever is on that show give their opinions like it's their spot I'm just telling I'm just asking them questions so it's pretty easy honestly it's stuff that I've learned throughout my broadcasting career uh even before I got to MMA fighting even when I was on the radio like and you have guests it's all about the guests it's all about the colleague it's all about this it's, it's not about you so yeah it's actually pretty easy it's actually pretty easy. All right, we got three waiting. I'll take you three, and then uh, I got to go. Bloomin', hello. Hello, Mike. Heck of a morning to you. You too. Two questions. First one, um, you said your dogs had the groomer. So what's the breed of your dog, and what's his name, or their name? And how do you prefer your eggs? That's it for me. Heck of a morning. Ah. So... His name is Shiloh. You've, you've listened to this show or many other shows. He just barks randomly. If he hears like any noise outside, he thinks his mom's home and he freaks out, even though she's not because she's working. So she won't be home till later. But Shiloh's the best. Adopted him over two years ago and it was the best decision I ever made. First dog I've ever owned. It will be the last dog I ever own. He's awesome. He's the best. Uh, he's probably freaking out right now. The only issue with Shiloh is that like he loves us too much. So like leaving him by himself without us, he kind of gets anxious. But other than that, like he's the best. Like people, people are like jealous. Like my neighbors will have their dogs like in the screen and porch. My dog will just walk around and he won't go anywhere in the morning. Like when you wake up in the morning, you know, we're guy like, the guys here first thing you do is you go to the bathroom you know what he does goes to the bathroom i open the front door walks outside does his business in the front yard comes right back in don't need to leash him don't need to walk him you just say you gotta go potty and he just runs down goes to the door does his thing doesn't run out in the street comes right back he's the best eggs over easy all day uh i'll party with the scramble too but i like the yolk big fan of it let it run, baby. Let it run. Daniel, hello. Hey, Mike. Heck of a morning to you. And uh, sounds like a pretty good boy there, Shiloh. Um, you know me. I'll keep my uh, question short. Just had two questions on two fights for that London card. First is just that Grant Marcos fight. Just curious what you thought of that decision. Um, I personally scored it for Grant. Thought maybe might not have been landing um, all the shots that he was throwing, but Shoot, Marcos, I just didn't think uh, through enough and was active enough to win, especially that later round. And then the only other fight was just Nathaniel Wood and Feely. I mean, I'm a Nathaniel Wood fan. I'm glad to see him up a weight class. He does look like, you know, he, he's definitely more filled out at 145. But just curious what you think his future is in that division. Um, not sure how he's going to fare against some of these higher-ranked uh, guys there. But thanks, Mike. Thanks, man. So Nathaniel Wood, who did I match up Nathaniel Wood with? He looks good at 45. Like that fight with Andre Feely was great. That was a really fun, excellent fight. I don't know. Oh, I matched him up with the Billy Q Damon Jackson winner because they're fighting next Saturday on the Nashville card. So yeah, I, I don't think he's ready for the top 15 just yet. Uh, could they go Lerone Murphy? Sure. But I, if that fight's not in London, then what are we doing? So to me, let Nathaniel fight Billy Q, Damon Jackson winner. Let Larone fight. I pick Sadiq Yusuf. I don't know what he's outside of the incredible stuff he's doing with his, his picks on YouTube. I don't know what he's up to. He hasn't fought since October, and he only fought for like a minute against Don Shanus. So I'd like to see Larone get a ranked guy. Let's just see how he does. And if both guys win, 
Next time you go to London, match those two dudes up. Boom. You got it. And the Davy Grant-Marcos fight. I, I scored a 30-27 for Davy Grant. But I, I, I will admit that I didn't watch that fight, like, incredibly close. But I, I, the live watch, I scored a 30-27 for, for Davy Grant. But I'm not married to that. I, I guess I have to go watch it again, but I didn't think I didn't think Marcos won. I'm, conf- I feel pretty good about that. But watching it live was thirty twenty seven. Grant for me. Second round was close. You want to score? You want to give Grant one and three and give Marcos two? Cool. I'm fine with that. But yeah, I felt Grant kind of got hosed a little bit. But I, uh, admittedly, I have to go. Probably have to go watch it again before I give like. 100% accurate take on that. But, yeah, I feel like Grant should have won that fight. All right, uh, Latino Heat, take us home. You're muted. There we go. Um, hello, good morning, first thing and foremost. And my question is, what do you think is going to be more competitive about KSI versus Tommy Fury or Jake Paul versus um, Nate Diaz? Hmm. Probably Paul Diaz will be more competitive. Yeah. I don't know. I actually think Diaz is going to be more competitive than people think. Honestly, I, I don't know why. I just think he has a style that can frustrate Jake. Like Jake's going to hit him with some good shit and it's probably not going to do anything to Nate. And that could probably frustrate some people. So I do think Nate's going to be competitive. I don't think he's going to win, but I do think he's going to be competitive. And I just don't, I think Tommy Fury beats like any of these guys. Like I think he beats any of these influencer boxers. After watching him fight Jake Paul, like I don't think KSI can, can, I don't think KSI stands a chance against Tommy Fury. Like I know Tommy isn't going to be like a world champion boxer. It's it's just, it's not going to happen. But you throw Tommy in there with these these athletic influencer boxers, who good for them, man. Like good for them. Keep doing your thing and making that money. But Tommy's got actual boxing experience. He's boxed boxers, and you could shit on the records all you want. But he's boxed boxers. He's a boxer. True and true. Through and through. May not be a high-level boxer, but he is a boxer. So, yeah, I, I would I, – I think Tommy beats KSI pretty easily. I think Jake beats Nate, but I do think that fight is a little more competitive. I don't know. I feel like Tommy Fury beats KSI Pretty handily. I kind of don't even want to see those two guys fight, honestly. Like, if we're building to Jake Paul, then why are we doing KSI, Tommy Fury? I don't know. I don't know. All right, we'll take one more, and then I got to go, for real. Uh, I mean, I got to get the namesake in there. Michael, what's up? What's up, dude? Uh, so, How are we doing? You, I really think... For the Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz fight, I really think that Nate is just putting on like a ruse for everyone. And I really think that here's my prediction. I think he's going to win. And then I think he's going to come back to UFC. And then at UFC 2300, imagine this. It's going to be Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor 3. How crazy would that be? Um, like, I don't think it's, I don't think it's crazy. I don't think it's crazy for that to happen. Be kind of tougher. Michael Chandler, because if before that and Chandler gets overtaken and I mean, it's a business. Gigantically bigger. And 
So I think it's a 10-round fight. Jake Paul can win the first six rounds, but if Nate wins the last four and, like, lands a big shot in the 10th, even though you know Nate didn't win, Nate will just be like, hey, man, if this is Stockton, I whoop that dude's ass. And people will be like, yeah, man, you did. You won. Look at the Leon Edwards fight. Look at the freaking Leon Edwards fight. Leon won, like, every second of that fight. Nate had some moments in the fourth. He had a couple moments in the fifth. But Leon was about to win, about to sweep the cards. And then what does Nate do? Nate lands a shot. Leon stumbles a little bit. Nate starts pouring it on. Leon survives. And even though Leon Edwards won 24 minutes of that fight, Nate got the rub and Leon stock somewhat like Leon stock dropped. Nate's went through the roof. Even though that fight wasn't all that competitive except for the last like 45 seconds of it. Nate just is so good at that. He's so good at that. Making you believe like, even if he loses that he actually won and his stock always seems to go up. So Nate doesn't have to beat Jake Paul in order for that to happen. If Nate just has moments and Dane is like, yeah, man, I thought Nate won that fight. That's all people need to see and people need to hear. Oh, Dana White thought Nate won. People, UFC fans will go crazy. And then I do think Nate fights in the UFC again. I do think they're going to try to make the Connor fight happen. Will it happen at 300? Not really sure. But I do think as part of like the next 18 months of the UFC's plan that getting that trilogy fight in the octagon is one of the top three things they want to do. Because Nate's not there. Connor doesn't it. Connor. I think he's got two fights left on this deal. I know he loves the UFC and would probably like to resign. But I th- the UFC is well aware of what's going on. They Connor and Nate could do the trilogy outside of the UFC. They could promote it themselves and make all the money. And I don't think the UFC wants that to happen. Nor should they. Nor should they. But... I don't think it's that crazy. All right, we're done. Thank you all very much. Uh, Rare Wednesday. Thanks for hopping in. We got a very busy day today. Of course, we got the MMA hour at 1 p.m. Eastern. Nice fun lineup there. We have UFC 291 Media Day. Jose Young's in Salt Lake City. Boots on the ground. Tomorrow, we'll be back here. We got BTL. uh, Press conference for 291. And then... Friday, it's weigh-ins and all that fun stuff, and then we're knocking on the door, and Saturday's the big fight, and we got the watch party going down, heading to New York Saturday morning. Myself and GC will do the damn thing again. We might have a very special guest joining us for the main event. Uh, Being worked on, I don't want to reveal too much just yet until I know it's 100% done. Uh, We've been down this road before where we have teased a fighter joining us in a pivotal spot and then it kind of falls through last minute but uh i would say as of right now it's like 85 maybe even 85 50 maybe 90 10 getting uh getting somebody to join us for the main event so stay tuned for that news uh i believe there's gonna be some cool news announced in the mma hour today as well So stay tuned for that. It's going to be a fun week, everybody. It's going to be a very, very fun week. So thank you very much for being here. Back tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern. We'll do it again. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. And as always, have a heck of a morning, everybody. Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. 
and visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.